Could it be Phoenix? L.I.W. American Horror Story Review. Hello, citizens. Hi, I'm Phoenix West. I just took a puff off my vape pen thingy and my throat. <laughs> I just want to cough so bad. Anyway, very professional. Welcome to L.I.W. American Horror Story Review, episode 37. Episode 804, could it be? Ellipses, Satan? That's how I assume you have to say it. I don't know. <laughs> such a... Joke title. I love it. Um, anyway, so uh, third episode in a row. So I take what I like to do is do one episode, take five months off, and then bang them all out in one day. Goddamn right. Just like I watched the show. Took a few months off and then watched them all in one day. But yes, yeah, so um, I'm so glad I went back and rewatched these because I would be so fucking lost if I didn't. The uh, Basically, Lestat is raised by Kathy Bates, the real Kathy Bates, we assume. I don't know if it's a robot at this point. We don't know. Um, and uh, clearly at this point, Lestat is the devil child from season one. And keep in mind, these are my notes at, in the moment. And I assume that in the last episode when we saw him or episode two, whatever the fuck I really started to figure out that he's not a vampire. He's the, he's a demon or the devil or something like that. And so it, it, it is true. He is. But at this point we didn't know that, but I'm like, they're going to come back to that. If they're having a devil, it's going to be that kid from season one, because that's the whole point of that setup. They said, they always said they're going to come back to that. And I just assume it's this, and I'm not saying I'm a fucking clairvoyant or anything. I'm just saying, yeah, we saw it coming, but in a good way, I'm glad to be back with season one stuff. Anything they can do to attach themselves to season one, season two would be a little hard to attach itself with. It's a little isolated. The characters don't really go anywhere. And we see the endings of their characters. We see everybody fucking die in that season. So it doesn't matter. And um, they do bring back... Oh, never mind. That was in the same season. <laughs> never mind. There's a, there's a part in season two at the end where she goes back and, and to, to Sister Mary Grace, whatever her name is, and she's all crazy in there. <laughs> but that's part of season two. Never mind. I was thinking they did a throwback later on. But they did not. Anyway, so her... Kathy Bates and Lestat, they have like a little satanic prayer before breakfast. It's very, uh, very homespun, very Norman Rockwell, no, Rockwellian, if you will. Um, yeah, they, they're like, we like to thank our demon overlord before we have these pancakes. You know, thank you for your, your bounty and your, uh, your pain and suffering. Thank you, thank you so much. Keep it, keep it warm down there, just like our breakfast. Amen? How do you end a satanic prayer? Hail Satan, I assume, is what you'd say, right? Oh, God, did I just say that? Oh, God, I didn't, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I'm back. I went to hell for a little bit. It was pretty fun. That was a little vacation. So uh, my next note is, I like Emma Roberts, but I hate this character. And I think she knows that in a way. I, I feel like she's just playing a heightened version of herself because she does seem like someone that could be a little psychotic, uh, as evidenced by stories I hear. And... Uh, Probably a little bit of her family history. I don't know. I'm just making shit up at this point. So I don't... Because my, my point is, it's just unnecessary with Coco and her who are just simply bitch. They're just bitch. There's nothing else to their character. And I wrote this note, and they just they explained exactly why later on. And I was like, oh, fucking thank you. And they made sense of it. And that's why I want to say this season's good, because every real complaint I had about it, for the most part, is answered. And everything just made sense. And I was like, okay, there they explained it. That's why they're exactly the fucking same. I'll get into it when it happens. But I was like, oh, 
that explains that. No, that's one check mark on that box, that question I had, or that annoyance I had, that grievance I had. And uh, my next note is, I'm going to keep mentioning my notes because I know you guys love that. It, this season really is witches versus the devil. And it's starting to feel like a, a young adult novel, like a fucking Twilight Saga shit. And, and fuck you, Twilight, for calling yourself a saga. You don't get to call yourself a saga. I'm sorry you don't. You could call it the Godfather Saga, but they didn't call it the Godfather Saga. People did it afterward. Calling, your, calling it the Twilight Saga in production is a fucking bold move, and fuck you, you don't deserve it. It's not a saga. It's barely even a story, I'd say. It is a loose collection of scenes that happens to kind of make sense when put in order. If you want to call that a story, go right ahead. I don't know if I will. I, I don't know if I'm not committed to that. I don't know if I want to give you that much credit. Sure, shit, not a saga, though. Nope. That's like calling yourself an, an something epic while it's happening. You can't do that. It's, it's like one step away from me, like the Twilight Grand Opus. Like, fuck you. Fuck yourself. You don't deserve it. You didn't deserve it at all. Anyway, so with that being out in the air, it's three years before the bomb fell uh, at the Hogwarts All-Gay Men Academy, which is where we go. And the IMDb description of this episode says, Michael's history was that as a teenager and how he, how he came to find himself at the Hawthorne Boys School is revealed. And I'm like, thank God they're finally going to reveal how he got to the Hawthorne Boys School, which I didn't know existed until the reveal. So why the fuck do I care? I don't know. They, they didn't mention this fucking place until now, so it's not a reveal at all. Um, one of the, basically, the reason I call it that is because every single uh, warlock there is gay. Again, every character in the show is gay. But I was like, what the fuck's happening at this school? And one of the kids is late, and the guy throws a book at him. And then Cheyenne Jackson shows up, which I'm always excited to see him. He has like a fucking Wall Street mullet. I <laughs> love it. And then some guy named Ariel the Vampire Pimp turns around in a chair, and he's like, ah, he's kind of Asian. I think I call him the uh, Vampire Pimp, the rest of my notes. He's not in a whole lot more, so it won't be too distracting. He whips around a chair like, let's go find this boy. And he's all evil. And you can tell he's evil right off the bat. So when he does his evil turn later, I didn't wasn't surprised in any way. So we are really are setting up. There's witches and there's warlocks. Okay. It's getting some fucking like D&D shit now. They watch security cam footage from a police interrogation in which the devil child is breaking a man. Literally like breaking his bones. And he's on the, he puts him on the ceiling. He breaks his bones. And this the security camera, this always drives me nuts in, in shows and movies when the security camera's moving around to follow the action. I'm like, that's not really how security cameras work. They tend to be stationary. So you can track it. I don't know. So it's, it's a security camera. It's not a cameraman, which in this case it was because it always is in a fucking movie. It always follows them around. And you can always zoom in 10 times and it's crystal clear. And I'm like, nope, not how it works. But whatever. Uh, you know, suspend your disbelief. And they bring in Lestat and they're like, they're at the at the jail, uh, and and he's like, "Why'd you kill that butcher? Why'd you do that?" And then it's like he he kills a butcher because he, Kathy Bates gets in an argument with him, and then the guy I think he burns him to death. Is that what he did? I don't remember. I just watched this last night. And like I fast forward, I, I barely remember it. And then fucking Walter White vampire pimp takes a stat out into the desert. He takes he he gets him out of the jail. And he takes him out to the desert. It's like this curved monolith from 2001. It's like the exact same material, but it's just curved, kind of like a little spiral. And they go in there. And I'm like, kind of obvious. Is there like a, a potion you put on that or like a spell you did it so nobody can see that? Because if I saw that, I'd be like, holy shit, there's some fucking warlocks in there. 
What's not going there? <laughs> like, it's very obvious that some, some sinister shit is happening in there. The place looks evil as hell. And then, um, and then we have a fucking Hogwarts Rocky training montage where they're like, I want you, Lestat, to make the room cold. And he's like, Ugh, and it starts snowing in the room. And he's like, I've never had anybody say snow. Oh, my God, he had snow. And they're all whispering like catty little bitches. And like, Snow, oh my God, he had snow. He made it snow in here. Nobody's ever been that powerful. Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, I want you to find the book. I hid the book somewhere. Find the book. And he like reaches it in the mirror. I don't know. I don't remember this shit. I just fast forwarded through it. And he, and he finds the book in the mirror or something and presents it to him. Like, oh, he did it. He did it. He's the chosen one. Oh, my God. He's so powerful. And a couple of them are scared as hell. Cheyenne Jackson seems to be like the only one that knows what's going on. And then they did the same thing with the witches and uh, Billy Lord's character Mallory is they're all they're all with roses and and uh, what's her name? Uh, God, I can't remember her name. Uh, everyone's fucking name in this goddamn show. What uh, doesn't matter? Uh, Taisa Forminga, I think I don't know how to pronounce her first name. I'm sorry. Zoe is how, teaching them how to change colors of the of the roses, and she changes her color and walks over to the side. She's talking to Sarah Paulson's character Cordelia Good, which I think this is just character number two for him for her and then she's like you really think Mallory is that powerful she's like watch and they watch and Mallory turns the flower in the blue makes the petals fall off and then turns the petals into butterflies and everyone's like whoa she's so great and then the red hair witch comes in and Francis Conroy's character Myrtle she comes in like some fucking like lethal weapon guitar music is like and I'm like what the fuck are we doing with the music why are we doing Lethal Weapon? Steel guitar shit. What the fuck's going on here? Very bizarre. Uh, everything's very bizarre. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It wasn't one way or the other where it was like so weird to be weird. It was just like, that was an odd musical choice. Anyway, I'm here. And uh, at this point, oh God, I forgot one of my friends is in this episode. One of my Facebook friends. And I don't know if you call that a real friend in real life, but he's a comedian friend. Nathan Hurd, he plays albino number one. He's the uh, the thick, I call him thick, he's, he knows he's thick. Big uh, albino dude, and he, he walks around with the witches. He helps the witches. He arrives at the uh, fucking spiral compound with Cordelia and all them. And he's in a couple scenes, and I, I apparently he's in season three with the, the Coven season, but I don't, I don't remember that season, so he, he, he posts about it a lot. And uh, yeah, so he, kudos, shout out to him. Good work. The uh, Sarah Paulson, oh, my notes are scattered because it's like scene, scene, scene. And then nothing really leads. I, I guess this one does because they go into the warlock place. They, they start talking about the Hellmouth. She starts, she starts out this time she was scared. And she start, mentions the word Hellmouth. And I'm like, oh, God, I hope Buffy shows up. That'd be a fucking weird twist if fucking Sarah Michelle Geller showed up. Or even Kirstie Swanson. I'd take original OG Buffy. Uh, but no, she doesn't. But she... She starts telling him a story about how she walked in the hotel, hotel Cortez. And then we see Evan Peters as James March from season five hotel, right? Where he's like, yeah, I will die me. And he does that. And then he's like, I'm never going to commit to that. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't remember what it was like. But he's playing, he's basically playing cards with uh, Precious, uh, with uh, Gabri Sabid, Is it Queenie. I'm just going to go with character name there. Queenie, her character, they're playing cards, and he keeps saying, like, you're here forever. And then uh, Cordelia's like, we're going. She's like, I'm leaving. And he's like, all right. And he doesn't move the cards at all. 
And then uh, <laughs> they she, they start running out of the, the hotel, and then Cordelia's like running through the same doors three times, and it's like the same gates. And by the time she gets out the last one, uh, uh, Queenie's not with her anymore, and she's like ah, and she runs back up there, and they do it again and again and again. And then she comes back, and it cuts back to real time, and she's like, I just couldn't find a way to get her out of there. I couldn't couldn't ha- take her. All my powers were useless there. And then Lestat shows up to the Cortez to free Queenie. And this is one, I like this because we get to see the same thing, but there's different results. And Evan Peters is like, because when, when Cordelia showed up, he's like, Hey, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> and this time when Lestat shows up, he's like, we're leaving. I'm taking you Queenie. She's like, I can't leave. And, and uh, James March, Evan Peters goes, I don't think you have a choice. And the second they leave the room, he's, he pulls the cards from the other side of the table. He's like, solitaire it is. So it tells you he's even aware of some shit. He's like, ah, he's more powerful than me. I'm not even going to try here. <laughs> doesn't even try. I love that sort of shit. I don't know why. It's like the Matrix when you realize he's the one. Everyone's like, ah, oh, that sort of shit. I love it. But then uh, they, they finally leave. They walk out the hotel. And then she's like, oh, I'm free. He's like, one last person to get. And I was like, oh, no, not Lady Gaga. Oh, please, not her. I can't, I can't deal with any more of her character from that season. I fucking hated her character in that season. She's great in season six where she just plays a witch and doesn't speak. But oh, I can't stand her in season five. Oh, God. Nothing against her. I, I don't know. It's just all they had her there for, for, was for sex appeal. They almost gave her no character. She became likable toward the end. But, oh, my God, the first, like, six episodes, all she did was fuck people. And it was bland and boring. And, oh, God. But luckily it wasn't her. Because when we cut to a uh, department store, it looks like a Bed Bath & Beyond. It looks exactly like one of those. Uh, I almost think they shot it at one of those. But they... She's running, uh, what the fuck's her name? Emma, Emma Roberts is running a, like the return lane or like, I don't know what the fuck she's doing. She appeared to be at the check stand where you'd pay for stuff, but everyone seemed to be returning something. And they're all like, hey, I remember you. You're, you're famous. Oh, what's your name? Uh, Lindsay Lohan, right? Oh, no, no. Where's your twin? How do you guys shoot that scene? Did you really have a twin? And they start like giving her shit. She's like, no, I'm Madison Montgomery. Eh. She's throwing a fucking fit. But she seems like aware of it. And she's like, you guys suck. Like, She's like, who are you? You're, you're a role player in my private hell. What? Like, fuck you. What do I care? And then the guy comes up and he's like, you got to go fold the towel. She's like, I did before I came over here. And he's like, fold the towel. So he turns into a demon. And you're like, ah. And she runs off and she goes, she literally runs off. Like, yeah. <laughs> Everyone runs away in this. But she starts folding the towels and just throwing them up there and they all fall on her. And I'm like, it's kind of just saying that if you work at this job, your life is hell. But really it's saying, you know, for her because she used to be famous and she's a bitch. That's all her character is. But everything's like ratcheted up to 10 the entire time in this show. It's always, everything's at a, always at a 10. And uh, apparently, uh, this is how much I remember season three. Because I didn't know Madison was dead. I, I, makes sense. I, I, maybe I remember something about that. Not really. Uh, and then Queenie, I assume that was just thrown into season five. I don't remember that either. Because I don't like these seasons that much. I don't mind season three. It's just boring for me. But season five can go fuck itself for the most part. Got interesting toward the end. But I was like, I have zero fucking memory of these characters and what happened to them. I don't care about their outcome. But he, he basically pulls Madison out of, out of her own private hell. And she basically begs him to suck his cock. She's like, do I have to blow you to get out of here? And he's like, no. He's like, She's like, if I get out of here, can I? I haven't had a good dicking in a while. <laughs> or any dicking. And yeah, some great dialogue there. Some... some uh, Quality dialogue there. I have nothing to say about that. I, everyone can use a good dicking. I mean, I'm not, I'm not totally against it. You can use a good dicking every once in a while. 
Who, who couldn't, you know? Especially if you're in like a back, Bed Bath & Beyond. That's what the Beyond part's for. Good dicking, right? You go beyond. You get behind those curtains. You don't know what the fuck's going to happen back there. You know, Some dicks get thrown around. Some will get put in you. Big deal. Big deal. Move on. Do you want to be part of it? Move on. Go look at some fucking like stirs or some goddamn plates. Some goddamn wall art over there. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, that's the end of my notes. That's the end of the episode. Uh, could it be Satan? They don't. I don't get the title because they don't really reveal that he's Satan in this episode, I guess. I don't know. It seems like the next episode could have used that title. But whatever. Who fucking cares? So the uh, point is, I guess what I'm really trying to say is go to LIWstudios.com. Uh, Lord, you want to land at gmail.com for Billy Lord. And uh, I, I act all like, call me or text me or email me. But if she did, it'd be like, oh, hi. Hey, I'd, I'd shrink into myself. So it's, it, I'm fucking around. Anyway, please do, though. I, I want to feel that way. I could use a good dicking. I'm just going to let that hang out there because I'm really ashamed of what I just said. Anyway, fuck around. Anyway, so let's get out of here. Until next time. And in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. Phoenix could use a good dick in West. Penis West. Pe- pe- penis. Okay, I'm stuck in a loop. <laughs>